Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the show that essentially the whole season has sort of been leading up to. Tomorrow, in the Fieldhouse, one, actually one half game, separating the two teams. This has become a little bit of a Big 12 rivalry. It is Baylor Week. Welcome in, everybody. Jonas Nordman here, Believe in Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast home. We're professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And here's what I believe. I should not have just had a little glass of orange juice before I started recording. Boy, my mouth is, the spittle is a little thick right now. So I'm battling through adversity. You know, the Jayhawks are doing what they got to do. I hope everybody's doing really well. Look, this is, yeah, this has been sort of the week. This is the lead up. This is post-Kentucky debacle pre-Baylor so really a lot to chew on not only that I mean of course by the time I speak with you next week it's going to be Baylor and it's going to be in Austin big Monday Kansas at sort of a reeling Texas Longhorns so there's a lot to get get to I'm going to eschew talking about Texas they're just not playing well uh, I watched the end of their game against Texas Tech in Lubbock back on Tuesday. And Texas just doesn't really have an identity. And I'm just, I'm honestly really shocked about that. Because remember, they are now being coached by Chris Beard, former Texas Tech head coach. And when you watched Texas Tech under Chris Beard, you knew what you were getting. You were going to get Really, really good defense, and maybe new tech head coach Mark Adams as the defensive coordinator, in essence, of those teams is really the man behind Chris Beard's beard. <laughs> or think of him as like the wizard in the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. That's who was really pulling the strings. At least that's what it's looking like right now. But it was going to be a punch in your mouth, timely baskets, organized, a little athleticism here and there. Think of Mac Miller. Uh, think of... All of a sudden, the name escapes me just as I was about to say it. Uh, the young man who was from Lubbock, who then went to the NBA, was on the team that went to the national championship. Not Hunter. That was the guy in Virginia. The other one. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think he's now in the Timberwolves. But you knew what you were going to get. And Texas, now under Chris Beard and Jarence Howard, formerly of Bill Self's staff, you know, sometimes a coach at a smaller program that coaching style, that us against the world, that raw, raw attitude, that may not work at clean cut, clean cut, you know, sparkling big programs, especially like Texas, where the players are a little soft, a little coddled, and it's just a different vibe. So I don't know if that's what's happening. 
at UT. All I know is that it should be really interesting when KU goes there on Big Monday. It's a road game. We know the Irwin Events Center there in Austin is a bit of a wine and cheese type of crowd. So it's always tough going on the road, but it's not the same as going to Lubbock or certainly K-State for when you're Kansas and you go to K-State. It's a little, it's a little hyper. Certainly West Virginia, probably the toughest road trip in terms of crowd and terms of travel for Kansas, for sure. Okay, I said I wasn't going to talk about the UT game, and here we went. But the Kentucky game, yeah, look, I'm not going to really touch on it at all. Everyone came away from that game saying essentially the same thing. I think I saw about four separate tweets that said, boy, Bill Self left the USC game last March saying, we need to get more athletic, and yet, here we are. So, yeah, Kansas's lack of athleticism, or at least the athletes that they have, didn't show up against the power and the ability of Kentucky. And it was a beatdown. It was a big blue nation beatdown at the Fieldhouse, which if this was at Rupp Arena, whatever. But at the Fieldhouse, I find that to be unacceptable. I do. So is that a harbinger of things to come? We'll see, because right now, it's a relatively quick turnaround, and I will get to the Iowa State game briefly, but they're about to face an athletic, big, certainly sizable, Ooh, this is getting, uh, another team with Baylor, Everyday John, Jonathan Chamwa Chachua, and then, of course, guys like Flo Thamba, Matthew Meyer, Kendall Brown. Those are big, beautiful athletes who are going to make life very difficult for Kansas and their floor-bound team. At least that's the way they play sometimes. So before we get to the future, sometimes you have to look into the past. And let me know your thoughts on, well, everything. Kansas Jayhawk basketball-related. On Twitter, JoeNasty90. Instagram, JonasN, N as in Nancy, 310. And I want to quickly get to the Iowa State game with an opening statement. I would really like to know at what point we are allowed to criticize. That might be too strong of a word, but for here in the heat of the moment, I would like to know at what point is Bill Self not beyond reproach with this squad? Now, on the surface, this is an 18-3 and three team. This is a team that is, at the moment, leading the Big 12 by a half game over a good Baylor team. 7-1 in conference, 18-3 overall. The losses, of course, yeah, a bad loss to Dayton. Neutral court in Florida, early season. Should win that game, but, you know, it's not the worst thing that's ever happened. On the road at Texas Tech, that's a really good team. Granted, they were without their two top scorers. But, you know, a road loss against a really good team in the Big 12 is not something you necessarily pull your hair out over. And then a, a at-home blowout. So there's your, your, your three losses. But at some point, you got to see a little style points, right? And there's not many games I can point to over the course of the year where I, I can say, yeah, style points. 
That is a dominant team. That is a team worthy of their preseason rankings and a team that's worthy of the rankings that they've, you know, sort of flitted between top five, top 10. And honestly, I look at the Michigan State game, first game of the year, sick. (laughs) Only one way you can go from there, I guess. And then the Missouri game. And apart from that, I'd say, you know, the second half against Kansas State. And then I'd say this game against Iowa State that just happened. So I started this diatribe by saying, at what point is Bill Self beyond reproach? And I say that because you go into that game against a really good defensive team in Iowa State. Now, is Iowa State, in my mind, maybe a bit of a paper tiger? Yeah, I I think so. Look, they're now three and six as they've hit the toughest conference in America. This was a team formerly in the top five of the rankings, and they've now dropped all the way to 20. Not the worst thing in the world, but things have gotten a little more difficult, and they've started to fold a smidge. I think if you told Iowa State, well, you, you did tell Iowa State that Ochai Abaji was going to be out of that game due to the Corona-19, coronavirus COVID-19 protocols. And Remy Martin would just be out. Knee injury. The guy's a dud right now. He's a lemon. I think Iowa State is liking their chances with that team coming off of bludgeoning by Kentucky. No Ochai Abaji. No Remy Martin in Hilton Coliseum with a really good defense with a guy in Isaiah Brockington who played well against KU, even in the field house. I think the clones had to like their shot. And yet Kansas was by far the superior team in that road matchup. And so again, I need to keep circling myself back to this whole, what point are we allowed to criticize Bill Self? Because who was essentially the standout star of that game? Dewan Harris is getting a lot of deserved headlines. Dave McCormack is getting a lot of deserved headlines, going 14 points, 14 rebounds. But what about the cameo from Joseph Yesifu? 23, 23 minutes, seven points, two of seven shooting, one of four from three. Well, it wasn't great. Kansas didn't really shoot great from three overall. But, like, the things that really get me frustrated are when, and I have to preface this every time because Bill Self is a Hall of Famer. He's had a vice-like grip on, you know, maybe not the best conference year in, year out, but probably the most consistent conference. You know, there's, there's teams that come and go in terms of how good they are, but there's always elite competition, and it's always a really tough grind to get through the Big 12 especially since they switched to the round robin. You play everyone home and away. And he's controlled the conference for the most part, for the better part of two decades. But when things are so obvious, and Joseph Yesifu, and I think he's dealt with injuries this year, and he's dealing with a new program. But whenever he came in, he was a lightning rod. Things just seemed to get a little bit more positive with him on the floor. This is a guy who carried Drake into a pretty nice run into March Madness. And I want to go back to the point that people were making 
after the Kentucky game that Kansas lost to that USC team and weren't athletic enough. And, and what was the team that lost to USC? Essentially, the guys that were on the floor for the big minutes were David McCormack, Mitch Lightfoot, Jalen Wilson, Christian Brown, Ochai You know? And then you had Marcus Garrett in there dying on his shield. Unathletic. Put in positions that he wasn't that he couldn't succeed at. And that was his career. And what's the team right now? What's the rotation? The rotation is Jalen Wilson, David McCormack, Dewan Harris, who did cameo a good amount last year, Christian Brown, Ochayabaji, and Mitch Lightfoot, if I didn't mention him. Remy Martin, as we know, hasn't been able to settle in. And all of these transfers and all of these freshmen are essentially bit parts, not really contributing. And yet here's a guy ready-made in Joseph Yesifu, who's the sixth man of the year in the Missouri Valley. You don't want to start him? Fine. But at least he's a good player who knows how to come off the bench. And he's been kept in safe storage up until this game against Iowa State. I hope this was a wake-up call. 23 minutes. And I got to be careful what I say. I was about to say Bill Self had the gall to say after the game that you know, he hasn't really gotten a lot of run this season in terms of Yesifu. It's like, well, yeah. Who's controlling that? Why hasn't Joseph Yesifu gotten a lot of run this year? I hope this changes things. Because he's a tough, you know, he's he's not big. But something about it, he, he just seems built stout as Yesifu. Yet athletic. You know, maybe in practice he doesn't get the defensive rotations and maybe he's not doing what I mentioned last week with getting his hands up when he needs to in the lane or something like that. But he knows how to play. And he makes things happen. And he gives you a different dynamic. And he can dunk on people even at that size. So for all the hemming and hawing about the point guard position for Kansas, like you've got you've got these options. And I just don't think Bill Self... I said this, what, like five shows ago? I still don't think he has a grasp on this team, on this roster. It's now February, and we're saying this. Usually this is the time of year when everyone and their mother starts to say, oh, yeah, Kansas is gelling. They're on a roll. Bill Self's got his rotation down. He's figured out the roster onwards. That's not the case right now. Not even close. Now, really impressed by the effort. I do think this is the type of game that will help everyone else on the roster with Abaji not playing. Because you look at the numbers. Not one player in the game where Kansas scored 70 had more than 15 points. 13 for Wilson, 14 each for Dewan Harris and David McCormack. Again, McCormack didn't miss a shot. He was sensational. Brown with 13. Uh, Coleman Lance got the start, got six points. And, of course, there's Yesifu with uh, seven. So hopefully this boosts everyone's confidence a little bit. Hopefully this shows that Ochai Baji doesn't need to take every single shot. And I'm not criticizing him. He's been National Player of the Year level good. He's been good enough to be the Big 12 Player of the Year. You know, you want that guy taking a good amount of shots, but certainly within the offense. And every out-of-timeout play doesn't have to be forced to him is sort of what I'm getting at. 
So we'll see. We're going to learn a lot after tomorrow's game against Baylor. Really quickly. So Baylor is the meat of the gauntlet sandwich. I talked about the gauntlet two shows ago. I said win-loss record maybe won't be as big of a deal depending on how they play. So these are the last two games of what I deemed uh, the upcoming gauntlet. And let's revisit it. At Kansas State, one half excellent, the other half terrible. But a win. Versus Texas Tech, double overtime. To me, a sham. Really great performance until it wasn't. Never should have gone to one overtime. So it didn't feel great about that one. Kentucky, awful. At Iowa State, best performance of this run, obviously. So here we go. Now hosting number eight, Baylor, and heading to number 23, Texas, before hosting both Oklahoma teams. So to me, this is now the biggest game of the year until both these two teams meet again on the 26th in Waco, Wacky Waco. Baylor is very good. This is now, they won their championship. Scott Drew put all the haters, i.e. me, sort of in their place with back-to-back excellent years. Granted, he put together the team in 2020, and that exact same team stayed for last season, for the most part. And I was saying before this year, if Baylor is the legit program, that we all believe it to probably be. Can Scott Drew recycle a roster and continue his, continue his run of excellence? And so far, the answer has pretty much been yes. The biggest issue that Baylor's had to deal with is injuries. And that's no different for the matchup tomorrow. Their leading scorer, LJ Cryer, is questionable. This is a guy who has not played the previous two games. He's dealing with a foot issue. And as of right now, not sure whether he's going to play tomorrow or not. And then the sharpshooter, Adam Flagler, who was on the team last year, asked to take on a little bit of a bigger role. And this is the guy who is their best three-point shooter. I'm sorry, outside of LJ Cryer. But Flagler can shoot it. Also, a guy who just missed their last game because he's got a knee problem. Also, not really sure if he's going to play. Now, without Cryer, without Adam Flagler, are the Bears toast? No, of course not. You still have guys like James Akinjo on his, I think, third program now. Started at Georgetown, went to Arizona, now with Baylor. Woo! Transfer portal. Get it while it's hot. And it's a shame that Remy Martin's not going to play. That would have been a really fun matchup of former Arizona Wildcat versus former Arizona State Sun Devil clashing in the Big 12, just as it was meant to be. But yet, maybe we'll see that later this month. And so what worries me most in this matchup, I should say, is something that we saw against Kansas State with Marquise Noel and his ability to get into the lane essentially at will. James Akinjo is very good off the, ben- off the bounce, and I'm really worried he's going to penetrate Kansas's defense 
and kick it out to good shooters and good players such as Matthew Meyer, if he's playing such as Adam Flagler and, of course, LJ Cryer, should he be playing? Not to mention the best recruit on the team, Kendall Brown. Kendall Brown is a beautiful athlete. Glides, jumps out of the gym. I've seen him play a couple times now, and he just is oozing potential. And on top of that, he puts that potential, he puts that athleticism to good use on the defensive end. Kendall Brown is listed at, it's loading up, 68205. He's got poofy hair, by the way, too. A hairstyle I could never do. Like, literally, I can't do it. My hair won't allow me. So at 68205, full of athleticism, and he puts it to good use defensively, that's really tough to deal with. And that's probably should Ochai Abaji play, which I haven't even gotten to Kansas's questionables for this game. Ochai Abaji, protocols. Sounds like he might play. And then Remy Martin out. You know, if you're a good wing scorer for Kansas this game, you're going to get a lot in all likelihood of Kendall Brown. So that's what worries me, along with the rebounding and athleticism of guys such as Flo Thamba and everyday Jonathan Chamwa Chachua. Because everyday John brings it. We know that. That's why they call him everyday John. Now the fun number is David McCormack is the best. Number one, this is not saying he's amongst the best. He is the best offensive rebounder in college basketball. If I remember correctly, he's the one he rebounds one out of every five Kansas missed shots. I'll give you a moment to pick your jaw up off of the floor for a second. I have a feeling that those numbers are a little inflated by his games against West Virginia and Kansas State, but hey, when you've got guys like Oscar Sheboy in that stat column and Jonathan Chamwachachua in that as well, you know, you're picking up a lot of offensive rebounds. As well as Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy down there at Gonzaga. Up there at Gonzaga. Way up there. Spokane. Whew. That's in the middle of nowhere. Anyways. So that's that's going to be a titanic clash down there in the paint. You know, would love to see a little KJ Adams. Is he undersized? Sure. But he's got Popcorn muscles. And he can jump with the best athletes out there. So that's sort of my keys. Keeping Akinjo out of the lane. Making sure if he does drive, he's not driving to create for others. Twos are better than threes. In today's college basketball, as well as the NBA. No, like literally, right? Two is fewer than three. Just contest him at the rim, make it a tough layup. And if he does, so be it. But you can't leave open shots on the perimeter for Baylor, especially if Cryer and Flagler are playing. On the offensive end, hopefully Ochai plays. Hopefully he's effective. You know, hopefully his lungs are okay, of course. You know, wishing the best for him health-wise. But from a basketball sense, they're going to have to shake loose what is a really good Baylor defense. Because remember, that's what they hung their hat on his last two years and won the national championship on not good defense, 
an elite defense. Now, no one on this Baylor team is as good defensively as Davion Mitchell. He's doing it. He's doing his thing for the Sacramento Kings right now. But they still try their tushies off on the defensive end. Should be a classic. It should be the cla- should be a classic. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm I'm a natural pessimist. I don't feel great about this game now. Injury wise, should Cryer and Flagler not be playing? Well, no, that, that changes things. And of course, the biggest wild card in this game is Matthew Meyer. He's either gonna keep Baylor in this game, or he could very easily shoot them out of it. And for a guy who's now a junior and been around guys like Jared Butler and Macy Oteague and that whole squad. I'm shocked that Matthew Meyer hasn't taken the jump this year. Only 9.8 points per game for him. So keep an eye on Matthew Meyer. If Kansas goes on a run, it very well may be centered around Matthew Meyer putting up shots that may or may not be what Baylor's looking for. All right. Let me know your thoughts. That was an action-packed episode. Fit a lot in there. Uh, Enjoy the game tomorrow. Hopefully. Hopefully enjoy the game tomorrow. Last time I said that, you know, Kentucky put their big blue you-know-whats all over Kansas. And then Big Monday. Unfortunately, Kansas has to travel for Big Monday as opposed to coming home. You know, ice those knees a little bit. But, hey, here we go. Onwards. This is essentially the home stretch of college basketball. One more big football game <laughs> coming up in two Sundays. Uh, and then it's going to be all college basketball. So enjoy Super Bowl week if that's what you want to do. I surely will be. Um, might be tough for those in the bread basket. And after that, savor the stretch of college basketball. For those who watch every game of a college basketball season, this is just about the point that you watch for, right? The home stretch heading heading into you know the end of the regular season and then of course conference play and then you know that whatever tournament at the end of the season. <laughs> Take care everybody. Stay warm. I saw there was a snowstorm there in the Kansas City area. So hopefully everybody's doing okay. Otherwise, enjoy the basketball, enjoy your lives. Hey, why, right? Why not? Enjoy your lives. Might as well. But until I talk to you next week, rock chop. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.